Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. All right, guys, welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am recording this from my phone today. The uh, The browser is not working for me. I've tried about four times for like three hours, and we're just not getting anywhere. So they're trying to figure it out on their end. But uh, that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, got a lot of different stuff to cover today. We've got uh, DraftKings earnings. We've got some uh, price target changes from NEO. We've got uh, some stuff going on in uh, Russia and Ukraine that's got us mixed up. And uh, ultimately, the market is going down a good bit today. Uh, and after, you know, we had talked the other day that uh, Russia had been pulling back, I said, you know, I don't believe it. I don't think the market should be running up. And, you know, guess what happens? The, uh, the Russians had gone ahead and... Um, you know, basically told us a, a couple lies here and there and that they were pulling back and now they are uh, sending some missiles over towards Ukraine and uh, I believe one hit a school. So we've got some different stuff going on there. Uh, that being said, I don't think we're going to be out of the woods on that front until there's some further intervention, whether NATO gets involved or you know the U.S. gets involved. We will ultimately see what happens, but that is not a, uh, a market mover for me. I didn't think it should go up on the news the other day that they were coming out. Or, and now, you know, I don't think that uh, the market should really be selling off on some of this news either. But that's what we've got. Um, but I wanted to get into uh, DraftKings. We're going to talk about their quarter and where they're headed. Uh, I'm going to try to sum this up because it's uh, it's been a... A long uh, couple hours here trying to get this recorded. But uh, ultimately, they had a decent quarter. They beat on their earnings. They, uh, they raised their guidance. Their EPS loss came in higher or better than expected. Uh, but ultimately, their EBITDA, their earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Uh, their forecast for the year was expected at 699 million. They have upped that loss to 825 to 925 million. Uh, and like I said, they are raising their guidance on revenue. So they're making more money, just not all of it's making it to the bottom line. Uh, ultimately, you know, they've, they've got more costs than they anticipated. A lot of their marketing, customer acquisition, labor. Uh, it's all going up and it is greatly affecting their bottom line. And like I said, quarter was good. Their revenues year over year, uh, 2021, uh, they were at 332 million. This year they are at 446 million. So an increase of 114 million uh, from last year to this year. So it's definitely gone up. There is a good amount of short interest on this one, 11.87%. Uh, so we could see a short squeeze at some point if uh, enough retail or uh, you know even even big banks start investing in this one. There would be a short squeeze to where those people that have shorted the stock have to buy the shares back and uh, ultimately you know reverse that short. Um, it could happen. Uh, you know all these companies with a higher percentage of short. You know GameStop at 17%, AMC at 21%. 
Uh, it could certainly happen. We could certainly see a reversal in this one. Uh, there has been some of that meme-driven uh, mania around it. Ultimately, though, they are number two in this gambling space. Uh, second to FanDuel, which is, I believe, a European company. Uh, I do see that this one could uh, certainly take off. It is one of the bigger players in the space. There's a lot of competition, but I don't know that everyone's going to weather the storm. Uh, as you know, the number two player is losing money. So, you know, what does that say for the number 10 or number 20 company? They can't be doing much better. Um, so they're, they're large. They're trying to, you know, take over with the dominance. But uh, ultimately, it's going to be a longer road to getting profitable. And that's what uh, is causing this big sell-off on DraftKings today, uh, on Friday. And uh, this will be coming out Monday. The market will be closed. But, uh, you know, for President's Day holiday here in the U.S. And we will be back open on, uh, on Tuesday. So we're going to give it a shot and see if we can't, uh, you know, maybe make this one a bit larger when things settle back down. Uh, it's been a rocky road for me getting into this one, but uh, I do think that the, the sports gambling is certainly going to pick up. They have, uh, you know, possibly some ways to, to grow uh, by mergers and acquisitions. They got some different ways to, to possibly uh, make that a bit better. And also more states are slowly, you know, legalizing sports gambling in their respective markets. So I definitely think that the industry is growing. A lot of people are kind of catching on to what's going on. And for that reason, I'm, I'm still looking to be there when it does turn around. Uh, now I wanted to get into Neo. They did have a, a price target. I believe it was CLSA. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on three screens at the moment. So we're, we're trying to make this work. Uh, I will go ahead and get a pick, pick back up here. CLSA, I believe it was, that lowered their price target from, I believe, $50 or $60 on NEO down to $35. Uh, and that just happens. You know, we've had this, uh, the share price cut on NEO so significantly that uh, ultimately some people have to realize that their, their numbers that they had before probably aren't realistic and that they have to put a 12-month target on it that really fits the company and really where they see the projections going. Uh, I still see that NEO could, uh, could be doing great things and some of their you know, expansion plans to Europe and the US. We've talked about those quite a bit. You know, they've got those two facilities in California that they are leasing. They are looking to uh, expand this way. And you know, one number I did wanna bring up, you know, they, they do, well, they do still have a price target, average price target of $58.27 which is 135% upside from here. I think it can get there. Um, we, I think we were there earlier this year. Yeah, we were up to 56.38 on uh, actually last, uh, last February 18th. We were at 56.38. So we've definitely, you know, been there before. Uh, I don't think, you know, nothing's gotten worse. They've delivered more vehicles. They've sold more. They got more new models coming out. They're expanding. I certainly think we can get back there. We still have the China problems and uh, we're trying to work around that. But uh, the number I wanted to get to was the price to sales. Uh, when we're looking at growth companies, we wanna look at that price to sales number. And uh, because we can't look at PE because they don't have any earnings. Uh, so when we look at this, we've got a 7.58 multiple on the price to sales on NEO. Um, so now what does that mean? 
uh, I'm looking for a number under 10 to make sure that the uh, we're not paying too much for the stock price versus what they're actually selling. Uh, now, when we compare that to Tesla, it is at a uh, Tesla's at a 16.8 multiple when I uh, went ahead and looked this up. So Tesla is got that that higher multiple. Um, now, Ford, just out of comparison sake, I looked up Ford, which, you know, they have a 3.9 P.E. It's remarkably cheap and it's kind of mind boggling how cheap they are. Then the price to sales comes in at a 0 0.5. 0 0.5 is like unheard of. So it's remarkably cheap. We look at uh, Rivian and they come in at a 58,286 price to sales. Granted, they don't have really any sales. They're pretty much pre-production. I, I know they have vehicles out there, but they haven't really started selling them heavily yet. Uh, and then if we look at another Chinese uh, EV automaker, we're looking at Xpeng. Xpeng has got a 13.9 uh, price to sales. So I think that they are probably one of the lower EV price to sales companies. Uh, they've got all those things we talked about. They've got the battery as a service. They've got uh, battery swaps. You can, you know, like I said, batteries as a service is where you're leasing the batteries. You can pay on it over the duration of the vehicle. Then you can take it to your next um, Neo vehicle. You can just keep your battery and, um, you know, roll that into your next one. So you don't have to pay for that on the, the next vehicle. Um, and then you've also got uh, the, the battery swaps where they are swapping the batteries within about three to four minutes and they are getting that technology um, around the, the country in China. I know they're putting up new units every day. I want to say it's in the single digits of the amount that they're putting out there, but you pull in and you get a battery swap um, where you're getting a new battery and you're back on the road. So, you know, that certainly eases some of the fears of a lot of people with EVs that, you know, you, I don't want to wait an hour to charge. I don't want to have to charge overnight to be able to drive again. Uh, so Neo kind of is bypassing that. They're looking for a way around that. And I think that is going to be a game changer when people realize what they're actually doing. So it did get a bit ahead of itself on that on the price to sales number last year. Uh, it's certainly been brought back down. They're still growing heavily. The growth is still there. Um, I, I think they're, they're going to be one of the leaders, and they certainly could be in the U.S. market before we know it with uh, some of their expansion plans. So I definitely think that that one is one to look at. But uh, the, the last point I want to get here is I want to make sure that people aren't going too heavy into growth. Uh, we've talked about you know trying to hit these home runs and these growth names. Um, you know, really where we're looking for those, you know, three, five, 10 X plays, but I want to make sure that you have a balanced approach, a diversified approach. when you, when you're building a portfolio, we talked about the first 10,000, put it into a S and P, uh, ETF or, uh, something similar to VOO where you're getting full exposure to a lot of different stocks. That means you're getting, you're getting value, you're getting growth, you're getting dividends. Uh, but now what happens after you put that first 10,000 in? If you're looking for these, uh, these penny stocks or for uh, strictly growth stocks, you can still get burned heavily. You know, if, if you're simply in DraftKings and Neo, you know, and you started investing last year, you're down 50, 60, 70%. That's just how some of these have gone lately. And I want to make sure that everyone's not just loading up on these value or on these growth plays, but they're getting some value also. 
Um, value is definitely going to be favored right now. So it, it might not be a home run, but you're going to get those singles. You're going to get a double here and there. You're going to get uh, that high single-digit growth um, or even low uh, double-digit growth rather than you know, 30 40 50% in a given year. But you got to balance the, the safety of it. You know, For me, it's probably around 65% value, 35% growth. And I've been trying to hit that growth lately. I know we talk about it a lot. But uh, I just want to make sure that you guys aren't going too heavy into the growth names because we're talking about them. It's that shiny object, it, object in the room and that you're looking for these other plays as well. Uh, and that's kind of going to be where we're where we're looking to build some of these positions and names like, you know, uh, the high quality names. When you're looking at NVIDIA, yes, that's growth, but it's more quality. Um, or McDonald's, Visa, you know, all these names that are blue chip staples that have been around forever that will give us that growth. They might not get us, you know, over the moon, but they're going to give that balanced portfolio a diversified chance to sustain and weather through any storm that, uh, that the market's throwing at us. Uh, and the market's been throwing some storms at us. It's been it's been rough, you know. I mean, just just today, and in, in DraftKings, we're down that uh, you know eighteen percent. So you really got to weather the storm and know that you got enough uh, money to survive and uh, not psychologically be drained from the the swings and some of the growth names. So when you think about it, you want to come up with that percentage of where you want that risk to be. Um, I have no problem with throwing some money at those uh, those 10x plays, and at the same time, I also know that I want a good amount of dividend income coming in, reinvesting into quality names that I just set on on auto buy, and I don't even look at it. Um, so, I know we like I said, I know we talk a lot of growth, but just make sure you've got a number as to value versus growth. Uh, and try to stick with that when you're when you're buying your stocks on a given week. And I mean, for me right now, it's definitely been hard. I'm looking at a lot of growth companies getting sold off heavily, uh, and I want to up those uh, positions. But uh, at the same time, I want you guys to focus on uh, building a portfolio that's going to do both for you. Uh, like I said, a lot of them have already been built for me in the way of those slow and steady names. They're a little bit more boring to talk about. But uh, I just wanted to put it out there that we need a little bit of both. We need a, a good balance of, uh, of both types of stocks or even different uh, industries, different sectors, uh, some that are going to be slower, some that are going to be, you know, those the over the moon plays. But that's what I got on that. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the week eight uh, results as well as week nine, what we're looking at going forward. And we're going to give it a try on this, uh, this cell phone recording. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. So stick around. I'll be right back and we'll talk about uh, those two weeks for the investing challenge. All right, guys, we are back. Um, so just wanted to do a, uh, a quick recap on what we've been doing with this investing challenge. We are putting $200 a week into a stock that the group votes on. Um, I'm coming up with five names. Uh, you have the choice to vote on one of the five. And uh, it looks like this week, well, just to recap, we had uh, these five names for the week. We had Bitcoin, Ethereum, PayPal, Ford Motors, and NVIDIA. Uh, you know, PayPal, Ford, and NVIDIA had either won uh, a previous round or were pretty close, but they had 
uh, all fallen very significantly since we had originally voted on them. So it was either a dollar cost average down or go ahead and get in now that the prices have dropped. Um, really only two were getting votes though. I, uh, I definitely thought that Bitcoin would get some love, but uh, no love for Bitcoin this week. Um, PayPal and Ethereum were going to be the, the clear two choices that everyone was going with. Uh, and with that being said, Ethereum was the winner. So we will be adding our first crypto to the uh, Webull portfolio for this week. We'll be adding that. Uh, I guess we could add it Monday. The market's closed Monday, but we can add Ethereum. So we'll be uh, buying Ethereum uh, when the stock market is closed. But, uh, you know, ETH never sleeps. So that's always trading. And uh, if it's got a scream and steal on Sunday, um, I might even buy it then just to uh, get some of that volatility over the weekend, especially a holiday weekend. Maybe people sell and walk away and uh, maybe we can scoop up some deals. So I'll certainly keep an eye on that. Um, so that's ready to roll. And now for uh, week nine, we, uh, we're going to go a little bit of a different route here. Uh, we had talked about safety a lot. You know, we've got... Uh, a bunch of the stocks are in the growth space or uh, the up and coming cryptos, metaverse, things like that. Uh, now we're going to get into some some different talks on some REITs, some uh, real estate investment trusts. All right. So what is a REIT? You know, what qualifies them as uh, this different real estate investment trust? And ultimately, what does it mean? Um, so when you're looking at a REIT, You've got to know that uh, at least 75% of their total assets are in real estate, or they invest 75% of their total assets in real estate. And uh, their money comes from rentals of their property, interest in mortgages uh, of their property, or from sales of their real estate. And uh, also that 90% of the uh, taxable total taxable income is paid out as dividends to their investors. Uh, so that ultimately means that some of these are going to be a higher um, percentage of uh, dividends than what we might typically see in the S&P. They typically are a good bit safer um, because they have recurring uh, revenues from their tenants. And a lot of these places are very sticky type uh, industries that they are, are in. Uh, so they aren't always in just strictly, uh, I, I buy a, a property, I rent it out. There's sometimes a little bit more to them. Um, and now, that being said, I've recorded this a couple times. So I'm going to try to go back through and get it right. Uh, so I was looking on, uh, on Kiplinger, and I, I do own a couple of these names. I've, I've dabbled in a couple of them as well. Um, ultimately, these are, are five different names that I, I think might serve us well. And I'm going to go through them kind of one by one. I'm going to do a little bit of back and forth from my thoughts and ultimately what uh, some some different uh, descriptions here from Kiplinger. And I'm trying to get to the first one. Where are we? Uh, the first one is going to be Iron Mountain. Iron Mountain is going to be a document storage and shredding company. You've probably seen their trucks. They've got a, a big box truck with like a, a, a logo of like a saw on the side. And they take your documents from your business, they store them in their facilities. That's pretty much the long and short of what they had been. But now, going forward, they're looking to uh, build out um, some digital storage facilities as well. So they've got uh, 
Currently 15 data centers, they've got 445 megawatts of potential information technology, and they serve more than 1300 customers. They're looking to build another uh, about 380 megawatts of data center. Um, currently they serve about 225,000 customers on their traditional business, including 95% of Fortune 1000 companies. And they also boast a 98% uh, a customer retention rate with uh, organic growth, uh, consistent organic growth and 15 year average relationships with their customers. So they're a very sticky company uh, and they're looking to get into that digital storage space as well. So Iron Mountain's gonna give you about a 5.6% dividend, which is a quarterly dividend. And they also have about 23% uh, of upside right now uh, with a price target near $54. The, uh, the next one is gonna be Medical Properties Trust. Uh, and that one, they're gonna own a bunch of different medical facilities. So, I mean, you know, hospitals and rehab centers, behavioral health facilities, all types of facilities that aren't going anywhere. They're, we're gonna need these if there's a pandemic or if there's not. Uh, they currently own about 442 medical properties through 34 states, nine other countries. Uh, and they're leased to 52 different healthcare systems in the U.S. and overseas. The uh, acute care hospitals are the backbone of their portfolio, uh, currently valued at $21.4 billion. Uh, so they, you know, basically own all these facilities. They rent them out, and they they basically have the uh, the income coming from that. Uh, currently, they have about a 5.4% of dividend. Um, with a 21% of upside with a price target around $25. Uh, the next one is going to be American Tower. Let me get back to this one here. So American Tower is going to, um, they're, they're the largest owner and operator of multi-tenant cell towers and related infrastructure. They've got uh, 219,000 communication sites worldwide uh, and they've, they're pretty much in US, Europe, and South America. Um, and they do have some towers, most of their towers are actually in India. So 75,000 towers there, 43,000 in the US, and then a good mix of uh, the other uh, countries that we talked about. They're, uh, they're highly profitable in the way that uh, multi or many different tenants use their towers. So they. Think of a, a cell phone tower has got uh, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile towers or, or antennas all on one tower. So it's uh, a way that they can rent space to multiple companies on the same piece of property and make a lot of money doing it. Uh, they currently have uh, a lower dividend at 2.4%, but uh, they do have a lot of room for growth in the fact that uh, they, they have a lot of towers and a lot of people trying to build on their different networks and they're kind of strategically placed where they have them so i definitely think with the uh the way of cord cutting and people getting out of home phones uh and having more wide area networks you know we might even get to the point where we've got wide area wi-fi um to where there's more uh capability on these towers and there's more demand for what they offer uh, so definitely one that i think would uh, would boost your portfolio and, you know, like I said, you got a, a smaller dividend, but uh, a good amount of upside with 21% uh, of upside and a uh, price target of 279. Number four is going to be O Realty, O Realty Company. 
And this one is going to be a monthly payer. So you will find some monthly payers in the REIT space. Uh, o Realty being one of them, they will pay you 24 cents a share uh, monthly. So that's about 4.4% of a dividend yield uh, that you will get paid out every month of the year. So that is, uh, is nice if you're looking for that income, but uh, they are going to own and operate um, the, hold on one second. They are freestanding commercial properties and long-term net lease agreements. So net lease, meaning that the tenant is going to pay all associated fees with the property. Uh, they basically just own the property and collect a premium on top of their, uh, the amount that they own it for. So they don't have any kind of real, you know, they don't pay any of the bills, the tenant pays the bills. So that's definitely a good place to be. They have very high retention rate amongst their properties. They've got uh, 60 different industries that they cover. They're located in all 50 states, uh, Puerto Rico, UK, and Spain. So a little bit uh, of a more of a, a US focus, but they do have a little bit abroad. And uh, definitely one that is, uh, I think on every dividend investors, uh, you know, watch list. They, they always, tend to talk about this one in every group I'm a part of. Uh, and I've seen this one in the high two, low 3% dividend range. So now the price has come down. So that dividend yield has gone up at that 4.4%. I do think it could be a good time to uh, go ahead and purchase some O Realty. So that's number four. Uh, number five is going to be a, uh, another one here, WP Carry. So it's WPC is the ticker. And I'm gonna to try to pull this one back up. And we've got uh, about a 5.5% dividend, a upside of about 15%, so a price target of $88. And now they also specialize in net lease commercial properties across US and Europe. And they're one of the largest owners of net lease properties. They own 1,264 properties, uh, and it's about 152 million square feet of leasing space. Uh, they, they do a lot of industrial, warehouse, office properties, lesser amount of retail and self-storage, uh, but they have a, a lot of properties with tenants, including U-Haul, uh, advanced auto parts, extra, extra space storage, and uh, tenants in Europe, including DIY retailer Hellwigs and auto dealer Pendragon and the Spanish government. So a lot of big names that uh, they have as customers, a lot of big properties, huge amounts of square footage that they uh, you know, are able to rent out. And uh, again, long-term leases from a net lease where the um, tenants are gonna pay all the bills associated with that property. So you're gonna get that 5.5% dividend. And uh, ultimately, I think all of them could be a good one to add for some safety and uh, some stability with some you know, really good dividend income. So definitely one to look at. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and get on to the Facebook group. We are going to be voting on this one. It'll close next Friday. And yeah, go ahead and get the votes in. I would definitely appreciate all the subscribes uh, to the podcast, all the shares, and please feel free to invite people to the, uh, the Facebook group and uh, make sure you get those votes in. But uh, that's what I got for you guys today. If you would like to uh, help support the podcast, you can do so at anchor.fm slash let it grow. And you can contribute for as little as 99 cents a month. 
But uh, I definitely appreciate your uh, uh, support on the the page and on the podcast. And I will uh, catch you guys in the next one. So have a good uh, week and uh, have a good short trading week with uh, Monday being closed. And I will uh, talk to you guys on Thursday. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.